Welcome to the Legit Lady Podcast, where we feature women who are nailing it in life. Hello, Legit Lady listeners. Welcome to the number one episode of the Legit Lady Solo Cast. Pew, pew, pew. Really happy to try something different, try something new. I've had some feedback saying, hey, it'd be great to hear a little bit more of just Julie. Uh, I mean, I'm happy to oblige if you want to spend time listening to me. Why not? Uh, obviously, the whole purpose of this podcast is to truly feature impressive women and inspire the world. But I certainly have things to say, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. And this number one episode, episode number one, I'm going to start talking a little bit about the Oscars. Yes, the Oscars. Whether you care about it or you don't care about the Oscars, there was a lot going on with them this year and thought it was worth making a podcast episode about it, because why not? And uh, before I, I dig into that, if for anyone listening, you have ideas, if there's anything you want me to get into, any topics, anything like that, or you want to shake your fist at me via the internet because I said something that you don't like, um... Don't bother. No, I'm kidding. Uh, either either way, positive, negative feedback, feel free to send it to legitladypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, any ideas, anything else. And feel free to rate the podcast, rate and review the podcast. But uh, would highly recommend if this is your first podcast you're listening to, to actually check out one of our fabulous interviews. All right. The Oscars. Well, this year was the first year in quite some time where there was no host. Originally for 2019, uh, the host was supposed to be Kevin Hart. And much like everything that's happening in social media, we are digging into people's pasts and seeing what they said 10, 15 and beyond years ago. And there were some uh, homophobic slash so-so you know, tweets that Kevin Hart had uh, had tweeted out quite some time ago, and he stood by them, didn't really feel like he had to apologize. Uh, I believe it had to do something to do with like, oh, if my son was gay, I would feel like this in this way. And uh, I mean, I, I agree that perhaps he should have uh, acknowledged that had it happened today, maybe he wouldn't have said that in that same way because obviously now he has more eyeball looking at him but he said what he said and quite frankly i think that's just his character uh you should view him in the way in which you view him whether you like him more or less or whatever that's fine um and i actually i, I think it's great that he wasn't hosting the awards because then Everyone who is social justice inclined would then make the awards not about the art, not about the people, not about the whole circus of the Oscars. It would just be about him. So you know what? Marie Kondo style, it doesn't spark joy, so throw him out. And that's exactly what uh, I, I, you know, we should all do moving forward and was a good idea. Quite frankly, not having a host worked out, in my opinion, because the Oscars finished at least 30 minutes earlier than normal for East Coast people. And it's a school night. It's Sunday. Many of us work a Monday to Friday. And at least I do. And I really appreciated not having to wait up till midnight and get uh, a little bit more sleep than if it went on later. So yeah, you know what? 
No host is totally good in my opinion. And it also opened up more opportunity for more entertainers to have little funny skits and things like that. And I think that's great. Um, this year's Oscars, uh, looking at the statistics. So I know there was a big uh, hashtag Oscars so white backlash that uh, was really prevalent in 2016 and 2015 even, um, more or less saying the Oscars was too white. There was no um, no underrepresented communities that won awards or were really nominated. It was pretty minimal, even presenters, stuff like that. We, we sucked at representation. And this year seems like we're making progress, at least on the gender front. So in the 20 categories, 52 women were nominated, which was actually up eight from last year. I mean, yes, it's a small pat on the back, small win. Sure, we're moving in the right direction, but still over 75% of the nominees were dudes. Now, I feel like that probably reflects the film industry in general, makes sense. I mean, I think film is generally speaking a pretty male-dominated industry. However, it's one of those things that if we don't consciously in one of the most well-publicized arenas and celebrations of film, if we don't make a conscious effort to say, hey, we are actually going to do our best to do a 50-50 or move towards that 50-50-ish split as possible, then it's never going to happen. That said, I'm also conflicted because I don't want films and people being nominated just because of their gender and just because of the color of their skin or their orientation or whatever. I think it truly should be about the quality of the art. And this year, I mean, there were some really great wins and great moments. I'm going to talk about that first before some of the, the other things. Uh, a couple of the great wins, in my opinion, for representation, I would say, and also for quality is something like Roma, uh, won Best Director, Best Cinematography, um, the first foreign language Oscar for Mexico, hooray, and Bao, uh, won Best Short Film that was animated um, by Domi Shi and Becky Neiman Cobb. So Domi is actually formerly from Toronto, which is great, uh, especially for those of you that are in the film or animation or affiliated industries in Toronto. I think that's awesome. It gives a bit of love to Canadians, even Canadians who do move down south to continue their career. Uh, I'm obviously super biased, but I thought that was awesome. And it's a movie about a Chinese dumpling. I mean, how how much more adorable can you get? And I think it's great because it's weaving in narratives about other cultures that uh, are not white and not super mainstream. And I think that's the best way to be able to help educate people is to humanize it and to share those stories, which is awesome. So good wins all around. Lady Gaga. Okay. All right. So she obviously is a very, very influential artist in our time. Some call her the modern Madonna. I mean, I, I don't know about this, but she's her own woman. Uh, she has had an awesome career up to now. This year, she broke records. She actually won the top five awards in sort of award season that she could possibly win. Um, more or less, she's she's winning everything. She won a Grammy, a Golden Globe, Critics' Choice, a BAFTA, an Oscar. I mean, this girl has no shortage 
of hardware. Um, the only other award that she hasn't yet won is Bradley Cooper. Um, kidding, not kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyone else feel like that was a moment uh, when they were doing their performance of Shallow? They were pitchy as all heck. Like they, I'm sorry, like musically, it was not great. But the chemistry, my God, I thought she was going to get pregnant on screen. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I think he had it like his girlfriend or something sitting in the audience, like crossing her hands and being supportive. But it, it was it was next level. <laughs> it's not really doing much to uh, to help those rumors. Right. Um, but what I did appreciate was her her acceptance speech and she said uh, if you're sitting on your couch you're watching this right now all I have to say is that this is hard work uh, I've worked hard for a long time it's not about winning uh, what it's about is not giving up if you have a dream fight for it there's discipline for passion and it's not about how many times you get rejected or you fall down or you're beaten up it's about how many times you stand up and are brave and you keep going boom that's awesome. And it's true. I mean, we've heard it with so many of the interviews on the Legit Lady podcast. Success doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, it can for some few people, but that's not sustainable. Success comes from working really, really hard at your craft or whatever you're contributing to society and building that empire. And many of us, whether we're sitting on a couch or we're behind a computer screen, we feel like we are the experts in our own field and we feel like we are entitled to tear people down a peg. And ultimately, at the end of the day, you're just holding on to that hot coal and hoping to throw it at someone else. And all you're doing is burning yourself. So that's my that's my inspiration for today's podcast is to, to actually think about being happy for people. However, <laughs> Being happy for people and being happy for awards and things get complicated when Green Book wins. Uh, so Green Book uh, won Best Picture, and this was a little bit controversial. And for those of you who haven't watched Green Book, I watched it recently, and it's about a, a very high-performing concert pianist who is black, uh, Don Shirley, who's played by Mahershala Ali. And although, in my opinion, Mahershala can do absolutely no wrong, I would like Mahershala to just read me bedtime stories. Yes. <laughs> but he he plays someone who, in at least the movie adaptation, he's very prissy, very, um, very smart, very out of touch, uh, and feels othered by both the white community and the black community, because this is uh, back in the days of segregation, in especially in the United States. But he has a, he's taken on a new driver. He's being driven around by a Tony, played by Viggo Mortensen who uh, ends up more or less saving his bacon in a lot of uh, situations. So they they obviously, he ends up wandering into a bar with a, a bunch of super white supremacist type guys and Tony has to come in and break up the fight and all of that stuff. And so it's it's uh, a little bit heartwarming because Tony, who is someone in himself, um, a, a little bit callous, he ends up uh, learning a lot about people outside of people that he's comfortable with um that that's a bit nice and heartwarming but uh it, it's a bit two-dimensional the story for me and um 
it's directed by this movie is directed by Peter Farrelly, 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 one of the Farley brothers. And uh, he also was behind movies like Dumb and Dumber and There's Something About Mary. Quite frankly, were you expecting something to be super nuanced and in depth and this and that? I mean, from the guy behind those two other movies. I know we shouldn't be judging someone based on their career. People are responsible for their own path. They are capable of producing very different bodies of work. But this is a guy who I I wouldn't put my eggs in that basket entirely. I think it was a nice movie, but it seemed to try to play it safe uh, for both the white community. So, hey, here's a movie that makes me still feel relatively comfortable um, and also the black community. Um, that said, I, I know there's a lot being said around the white savior complex, uh, narrative with this particular movie. Um, in fact, Seth Meyers, he spoofed it himself with white savior, the movie. <laughs> um, however, the one layer, the one, the one bone I'm going to throw to green book is the intersectionality, meaning more than just one thing at play in that Don Shirley, so Mahershala's character. Uh, He's also gay. So he's gay and black in a time when um, being black alone is a really bad thing. So that is the only interesting thing at play, that he is so out of touch with himself because he plays traditionally white music. He is gay and he doesn't feel like he can really get along with his uh, fellow black community, etc. So he is struggling to find any any connection or community beyond what he does with his music. So he sits by himself and drinks and stuff like that. So those nuances I thought were really interesting, aside from just the the white versus black, feeling comfortable by that. Uh, I, I don't I think if Don Shirley's character was a very gruff and outspoken black guy um, who was very confident, I mean, I feel like the dynamics would be very different. It wasn't just a white versus black thing. It's a you know, he feels very reserved. He feels very uncomfortable comfortable with himself and uh being uh being gay at that time is also something that um makes or could have made you feel very uncomfortable with who you are and uh i i I give that acknowledgement that way but quite frankly i don't think it deserved to win best picture it didn't it was an okay movie. I mean, most of the movies uh, up for Best Picture, I don't think most of them should have won Best Picture. So I feel like it was a, a pick the best of the all right movies that were enjoyable and entertaining, but not necessarily, you know, rock star epic change your mind movies. Uh, Black Klansman, I think would have deserved it a bit more. Um, Spike Lee surely thought so. (laughs) So at least Black Klansman, they won Best Adapted Screenplay. This is about a a black police officer. Again, sort of similar time frame. He ends up infiltrating the KKK uh, with his Jewish sidekick, more or less. I I actually really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really interesting. and I did think it did push the boundaries a bit more than something like a green book that played it safe. Uh, however, Spike Lee, uh, I appreciate you're trying to make a, a political statement at the Oscars. Absolutely go do that. But you had like 12 pieces of paper that you were struggling to read while you were on there. Uh, I, I love what you said, but man, 
practice, practice. Like you could come on, come on, you can do this or keep it down to a couple of, of paragraphs or something like that. Uh, and especially considering how moving his film was, especially at the end where he actually had footage of um, Donald Trump, um, you know, how, what he was saying about the protests in Charlottesville, Virginia. And what he was trying to say was a big call to action for the upcoming election. He said, let's be on the right side of history. Let's make the moral choice between love and hate. I think he had like little rings on his hand saying like love and hate. I think he was planning for this moment, which is why I'm like, dude, why all the notes? Um, and so he's just saying, yeah, let's do the right thing. You know, I had to, you know, make that statement. And uh, when he didn't win Best Picture, I heard he tried to leave. <laughs> <laughs> the the theater and he just kept saying oh the ref made the wrong call like a sports game and again i don't disagree i really don't um spike keep making these boundary pushing movies keep making people think i think that's great um you'll get your dues i'm sure but uh yeah i mean the oscars it seems like they can't make everybody happy so they try to they try to make everybody happy so they don't end up making everyone happy. You know what I mean? It's like you're trying to please everyone. You're being a people pleaser a little bit. And especially after a couple of years of them being very blatantly called out for a lack of representation, they're trying. But in some cases, it just felt a bit forced. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some of you know a bit more about uh, how who are the people that are voting on these categories? What type of representation exists on that voting panel? I mean, that's probably a very easy place to start in all of that. All right, couple last things here I wanted to talk about. Uh, best Actress, Olivia Coleman. Shout out to you. Congratulations. She got Best Actress for her role as Queen Anne in The Favorite. I've not yet watched this movie, but if she won a bunch of awards for it, I'm sure it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and her speech was so cute and so adorable, so British. She clearly wasn't expecting this award because Glenn Close I honestly think you got to change your last name. <laughs> so close, but no cigar. Oh, she's had seven Oscar nominations. And this year, everyone was thinking she would win for her role in The Wife uh, because she's had so many nominations. Although I haven't seen that movie either. I can't make uh, any judgment call on that. But man, I don't know. So close yet so far. Although if... She didn't deserve it. She didn't deserve it. I'm sure she's going to pull something even better out of her hat next time. And uh, yeah, that's that. That's the wrap up on my Oscar commentary. Uh, what did you think of the Oscars? Any other big surprises? Anything I missed that you think we should talk about? And uh, stay tuned for the next Legit Ladies solo cast. They're all going to be sprinkled out sort of randomly throughout, not on a regular basis. They're all going to have a totally different vibe, totally different commentary, different theme. And we'll see where this goes. And to wrap things up, all I got to say is Billy Porter tuxedo gown. That's it. I mean, mind-blowing mic drop. Uh, quite frankly, that was just the most important Oscar that was never given. That happened before the awards even start. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. Find us on Facebook at Legit Lady Podcast. That's L-E-G-I-T-L-A-D-Y Podcast. And on Instagram at Legit Lady Podcast. On Twitter at Legit Lady Pod. That's Legit Lady P-O-D. And please rate and comment on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you love what you hear, share it broadly and proudly. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.